you may have heard people say that the blood of Christ sets us free. Well, today we're going to talk about three things that have been set free through the blood of Christ. Welcome to the God's Best for Your Life podcast with Greg and Sharon Fletcher. So if you've been a Christian for any amount of time, or maybe you're not one and you're exploring, you know, one of the things that you're going to have to come to grips with is the whole idea that Jesus died so that we could be set free. And 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 it specifically mentions the blood of Christ. Because mm-hmm. uh, if you go back and you're looking in the Old Testament, uh, God required blood sacrifices for sin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they would they would sacrifice bulls and sheep and 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 lambs and, and doves and doves and and so the 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 concept of a blood sacrifice for the payment of sin is a long-standing kind of of a paradigm. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things we wanted to talk about today was the the blood of Christ which was shed for us, right? We talked about he was that his blood was poured out for us. Um as a as a payment, it would it was it wasn't limited to that, was it? Wasn't limited. No, it's it wasn't limited to just our eternal salvation. You yeah. know, I think as a believer, and for many many years, I believed, okay, well, that was why Jesus died. He died for my sins so that I wouldn't have to go to so hell. Yeah, you know, we get to go to heaven. So that I would get to go to heaven, and that was it. That that's all that I yeah. thought that was there. Mm-hmm. But in order for that to payment to be made, all that was required was the death. Of Jesus, yeah. And there's but, so many people that just all they're all they're worried about is whether they get to go to heaven or not, which right? is an important thing. It, it is. It is. <laughs> Eternity's a long time. Yes, it to is. Be wrong. But, yes, but yeah. there was so much more wrapped up in that. He didn't just die. Mm. I mean, his his what we call the Passion of Christ started right after uh, the Lord the Last Supper mm-hmm. in the in the upper room with his disciples as he was in the garden sweating drops of blood. And, and from that moment forward, there are drops of his blood shed up to the point of his death. But it covered like, I want to say 24 to 48 hours. Well, and the, the blood in the physical form carries your life. I it, mean, it does. Oxygen and nutrients and, and, and it carries away the, the waste. And, and, and so, I mean, it, it is very powerful. Yeah, as those blood drops were dropping, mm-hmm. they were doing a work. Yep. That holy blood mm-hmm. that was in Christ's veins was purifying and paying for the sin um, of of the world, of, of, of Adam, of mm-hmm. humanity, and from, was from the freeing dawn of, from us. From the dawn of man's time here. Yes, mm-hmm. and he was it was freeing us all along the way, even before his death. So we're going to talk about three specific ways that that blood affects all us right. well, today. That sounds, that sounds very interesting. Let's get into it. All right, let's do it. So, again, you mentioned that everything was done on purpose. Let's let's kind of talk about a little bit that that it wasn't just that Jesus was a victim of being uh, being sacrificed on a cross; that it was purposeful, right? So we'll talk about that he actually did it on purpose. You know, there there were a lot of times that he discussed with the disciples where he was giving them like a preview oh, yeah. before he, you know, before they even uh, got to where they were going uh, that he would say, Hey, you know, the son of man's going to be, you know, crucified. crucified. I mean, he and, even told them. Yeah. And they were like, what yeah. nobody's talking about. Yeah. yeah they, a lot of times they were just like, Oh, that's interesting. And then they'd move on. And, well, the, and then there t- were sometimes they would say, no, no. <laughs> it must be symbolic. Yeah. It must be some sort of symbolism, which, I mean, in their defense, he did use symbolism. He did, yeah, so. he, did, he did use a lot of parables. <laughs> it, it didn't make... I, just, no. and it, <laughs> I wonder what 
crucifixion means in a parable. I know. But, you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they were. They figured they'd figure mm-hmm. it out eventually, but it was probably very surreal for them to see it actually happen. But it was, there was more to it than just his death. You yeah, know, which we were talking about earlier. So yeah, yeah. Well, the first thing I want to talk about is uh, the the crown of thorns because uh, that is so symbolic. There's so much symbolism there mm-hmm. to unpack. If you remember back in Genesis, one of um, the results of the fall of man was that the ground would now produce thorns. And um, uh, so if we read John 19, 2, it says, And the soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head and put a purple robe on him. Now, we, we've just been through Easter and uh, we've seen the symbolism. We've, we've heard the story again. It should be pretty fresh in our minds about what Jesus went through during the Passion. Um, but every single part that was written about in all of the Gospels was there on purpose for the Holy Spirit to show us something that Jesus sets us free from. And this specifically addresses uh, mental to- anguish, mental torment, and depression. And if you've been struggling with that, I really want you to be pay, paying attention to this because Jesus came to redeem that off of you. So the, the crown was directly aimed at the, the mental fall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Because the, you think about it, before the fall, uh, there Adam and Eve weren't depressed. They were running around the garden having a good time. Right. And because of sin, then the idea of depression... And really, depression really kind of stems out of fear of lack or of destruction, you know, the fear of dread, you know, those kinds of fear and dread of, of possible destruction and calamity. And so, which all stems from uh, the broken relationship with God in the first place. Right. Which, yeah. honestly, um, when sin entered the world, it changed how man thought. It physically changed man's ability to understand God. And his perception of God, and that's why, um, that's why he they used a twisted crown of thorns. Mm. The word twist in uh, the Greek, the twist, the word twisted there that the soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns. The word twisted there is the word pleco, which means to braid or weave or to twist, mm. which means that it's a perversion of mm. reality, and the thorns were a direct result of the curse of sin on mankind. And we're a symbol of, of sinful man's efforts to meet their own needs. See, whenever a thorn is just a leaf um, on the plant that has been morphed into, into itself, it becomes twisted and tries, and rather than opening up to receive the sunshine and the water and the light, it's twisted in on itself, trying to get its own needs met. And it becomes uh, hard. It becomes hardened and pointy and painful. You know, so that it was a direct result of mankind trying to become God on his own. Yeah. You know, and and it's, it was a great symbolism for Adam and Eve. Yeah, it's very interesting to contemplate the a life without thorns in it. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, roses would just be still a smell of sweet, and, but and it's soft and <laughs> yeah, and, mm-hmm. that would be just great. You just lay down in a, in a bed of roses. You wouldn't even think of that now. Well, and, and I think the. One of the things that that it would be good to contemplate is what would your life be without thorns, not just physical thorns, but the thorn of depression. Sure. The the thorn of insecurity, you know, the thorn of of, of paranoia or or 
schizophrenia or any of these the mental these these yeah, mental attacks. yeah and so we when we think about the crown what Sharon's talking about here with the crown the crown was the the it, it is symbolic of the work that Jesus finished and how the blood kind of purchased that back mm-hmm. away so now suddenly you can partake of the divine nature and you can take those thorns to him and he can remove them right know, and it, it is symbolic that it was placed on his head because that's where our thoughts come from oh and, and if you've ever dealt with any amount of mental anguish or torture in that in Fear. that regard it it doesn't just affect your brain it affects your whole body sure but that's where it starts it's right that's where it starts and and uh the fall was also uh part part of the fall was um those perverted reasoning abilities we don't we can't figure things out on our own our natural mind cannot think like god so jesus came lived the perfect life and then gave that to us and then took on himself what we deal with every day he was the the personification of of adam at that point he had the twisted thinking on his body mm-hmm. you know and um if you read first corinthians 2 14 through 16 it says but a natural man does not accept the things of the spirit of god well, what that's saying is that your natural thinking your the what the way you were born the 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 natural um, the, just the, the temporary natural way that man thinks without you know, Christ. Yeah, we always just use our understanding and our yeah, senses. Right, but we cannot perceive things accurately Mm-mm. because of the twisting that happened at the fall. It says, but the natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they're spiritually appraised. But he who is spiritual praises all things, yet he himself is appraised by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord? that he will instruct him. But we have the mind of Christ. Amen. So Christ took on our brokenness and our um, spiritual separation, but also our broken thinking. And that's what the crown of thorns symbolized on Christ was it was an outward expression to show us, here's what I became for you so that you could have my thinking. You could have my mind, my ability to perceive the, ho- the Holy Spirit, my ability to perceive what God was doing on the earth. And that's what belongs to you now. Mm-hmm. And, those, and those, his thoughts don't lead to depression. They lead to freedom. Those, those, his thoughts are so much higher than our thoughts that when we tap into them, we're set free. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. That's right. So he took on himself the, the, the curse of the twisted cursed perverted mind that we were born with and he purchased for us access to his mind and his ability to reason clearly and accurately based on god's word and god's will and if you look up uh, romans 12 1 and 2 it talks about being transformed by the renewing of your mind that's what we're talking about we're talking about a daily application of the will of god and the word of god into your mind that that peels all those thorns out those painful thoughts those 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 reasoning patterns that we have embedded in us from childhood from our own sin from the sin of other people that broken way of thinking he sets us free as we meditate on his word as we receive what he says as the truth it pushes those things out because we we have every right to walk now in the thinking and the reasoning ability of jesus because of what he did on the cross it's all because of him and he did that for you. 
He didn't just purchase eternal salvation for you. He purchased the right to walk in his thinking and his ability to... Peace of mind. Yes, peace of mind. That's a great way of putting it. He bought you peace of mind. So when you're struggling with those depressive thoughts and those fearful thoughts, you can turn into the Lord and say, you know what? These don't belong to me anymore. They were on Christ. I don't have to take these. Those, those don't belong to me. I have the mind of Christ. And you can go back to that scripture that we just read, 1 Corinthians 2, 14 through 16, and you just start speaking that out loud. You start meditating on that, that you don't have a natural, you're not a natural man anymore. You're supernatural because you're in Christ. And you know, and you accept the things of the Spirit of God, and they're not foolish just to you. And you can understand them because because they are spiritually appraised. Because you are spiritual and you praise all things, yet you yourself are appraised by no one. And who has known the mind of the Lord and who will, and, and, and he will instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. So you can confess that about yourself because that's who you are now. Because Jesus bought that for you. three things. So the second thing that we want to talk about is that the blood of Jesus set us free from the physical and chemical addictions. So let's let's discuss that a little bit. All right. I remember when the Lord showed me this and, and how powerful this is in the life of a believer, because there are still very many believers that are still struggling with addictions to physical and chemical substances in their lives. I mean, it could be, you know, just a bad habit or, you know, some sort of, of chemical addiction, you know, we're talking about. And if, um, if we read together Matthew 27, 33 through 34, it says, when they came to a place called Golgotha, which means place of the skull, they gave him wine to drink mixed with gall. And after tasting it, he was unwilling to drink. That there's so many things in that that, I mean, for years I just passed over that. I said, oh, well, that's weird. <laughs> and then just moved on because I had no idea what that meant. But doing some research, I found out that uh, they, the, the Romans, when they would crucify someone in order to make it easier for them to endure the pain, they would give them uh, drug, wine with gall in it, which is a, it's just a, as a, a chemical that comes out of um, an animal, and um, and that was supposedly that was supposed to help them to endure the pain more, you know. Which and, seems weird. Which seems weird if that you're they're punishing going, them on a cross. Why you would not <laughs> want them to experience? We're going to crucify you cruelly, but we're going to do it humanely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know it does seem weird, but that's 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 one of the things that they would do. And so when he, when they had put him on the cross, they offered him this drink. And as soon as he tasted it, he, he, he was not willing to drink it. And I, I, now that I, now that I have done some research on what that actually was, um, it makes a lot more sense because he was dealing on the cross. It says that he became sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It says it in, um, I think that's, um, first Corinthians five twenty one, but, uh, 
he, he, so he was dealing with the separation that he had never felt his entire life. He was dealing with the, all the despair, all the depression. We just talked about the crown of thorns was heavy on his head. He was still wearing that crown of thorns. So his body was beaten. He was dealing with all the feelings and all the pain and all of the, the repercussions of the, the brokenness of the world because of sin. He was feeling all of our pain in that moment. Well, if you think about like the, the power of addiction is both chemical and emotional, you know. It is. But uh, so he was dealing with all those emotions that we normally feel and that drive us to those addictive things those that alcohol that to that hide, to hide to hide to mm-hmm. to, 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 to to numb, to numb it, yeah. that pain he he chose not to numb his pain so that he could feel the fullness of it that way it would for be us. it would be complete lacking nothing yeah mm-hmm. he felt it all for us so and the reason he did that was so that we wouldn't have to so that so that the truth of our separation was dead because of him he took all of that so that there is no there's no real pain left for us because he has built he has carried it all so what we can do then when we feel those feelings we can say you know what jesus carried all that on the cross for me i don't have to carry those pain that pain around anymore i can give that to him and i can take on his joy it says he gives us the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness mm-hmm. he wants to trade the brokenness of our hearts for the wholeness of his so what about the people who who are still there there we're, we're, we've talked about the the mental the psychological mm-hmm. but what also about the physical right the, the the as far as there are a lot of addictions that are physical in nature is the psychological the only part of it or is it does it actually deal with the physical well the physical um physical addiction is um you know, like you talk about, it's in your body. Mm-hmm. Well, he covered that when he took our stripes. Yeah. When it says, by his stripes, we were healed. Yeah. So our physical body was also healed. Mm-hmm. You know, so all of those things. And, and I've heard so many testimonies of people that just lost addictions immediately yeah. to drugs. I would say that that was me. Yeah. I, I would say after I got uh, saved that uh, uh, my desire to take drugs was removed from me instantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were some things that were more gradual, but I would say the drug thing was almost instant. Right. I just remember the, I just remember the Holy Spirit kind of uh, mentioning the whole idea that Jesus doesn't do drugs. No, and he didn't, did he? Yeah, <laughs> and, and so you don't have to do them either. Right? Yeah. You, you, they're not for you, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. And, I, and I, I think that there's that some of that stuff... Um, there is a physical component, but it's a lot of times emotionally driven. Mm-hmm. So if you can get healing from your emotions, yeah. which starts right here, starts at the cross. Yeah. Because, and now I'm not saying this is just, oh, I'm just going to take that and I can move on. Hallelujah. I don't have to think about it again. There's there's going to be some work because yeah, you some, have to transform wrestling. your yeah. mind because you have to apply this blood. You yeah, have to apply this that, truth. Yeah. You mentioned that earlier about yes. the word, that reading the word is yes. really where, where that takes place. Yes. And and this is this is sometimes a gradual process. Sometimes it, if, it's, if it's physical in nature, that can be an instant process. But if it's an emotional process problem that 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 is the at the root of it you're going to need to heal that as well yeah otherwise the physical isn't going to make it a, a, a dent well and, and i've found that you know based on almost 30 years of walking this out some things are take longer than others yeah and even when you wouldn't think so sometimes there are breaks in the spirit mm-hmm. where you're instantly set free on some things and other things have to be worked out you know the scripture talks about working out your 
salvation with fear and trembling. And so the some of those things, and, and God knows why they take longer. Yeah. And we just have to trust him that yeah. it's going to take as long as he thinks it needs to take. Yeah. And so, you know what? I mean, some things just take long by their very nature. I mean, you just because you become pregnant doesn't mean the next day you have a baby. It takes nine yeah. and a half months. Yeah. So we just need to learn. You just need to learn to let, to, to, to be patient, to be patient keep being obedient, keep trusting the Lord, but you're always going to be growing. You're always going to be getting better. Right now could be your rock bottom moment. Right now could be as bad as it ever gets for you. Yeah. You know, that what a, what a, what a hopeful and it joyful only, it idea. It only gets better. It only gets here. better. Mm-hmm. And, and it may not be like a light switch turning on. It might just be gradual, just like the dawn. But that's, that's okay, as long as it's getting brighter. You know, and, and if you're struggling with some of these things, I encourage you to start keeping a journal and, and writing down the scriptures that the Lord brings to you and meditating on those and meditating on what those mean to you. Because God cares about talking to you. And those words were written for you because he wants to love you and he wants to teach you and help you. And um, I have found that the areas in my life that have taken a little more time to grow into and to learn are much more sticky in my life. They stay yeah, because they, I know. They've been fortified. Yes. And I know how I got out of those things. And, and, and you will not fall back. Into no, them. you're not going to fall back into them. And then when you're tempted or you struggle with something, you go, oh, I know what to do. Yeah. Because you know, <laughs> it wasn't just somebody set you free. You actually worked the knots out. God showed you the truth. God showed you the lies you were believing. And that's what God wants to do for you. You know, because of Jesus, we can walk in the life, joy, and peace he earned and enjoyed during his sinless life. That was one of the things that I want to encourage you with with that as far as the um as the the chemical additions you don't you don't need those you don't need those to have peace and joy that's the great that's the good news So the last thing, the last fact or, or aspect Bastard. that we want to talk about today mm. has to do with generational curses. So, so what is a generational curse? Uh, curses, uh, generational curses are the effects of sinful behavior on the children and grandchildren of those, of the sinners. So um, you think about... Um, is that that old saying like the the sins of the father fall on the sons? Yeah, exactly. Fall on the sons. Right. Mm-hmm. That the, the repercussions of of their of their negative decisions. My family's always been this way. Blah, right. Yeah. Yes. You know, alcoholism mm-hmm. can many times oh, be generational. I'd say that's the one that gets used the most. Or, or, or smoking mm-hmm. for many times for a lot of people, yeah. cigarette addictions and which we we've, we've talked about addictions, but this can also be a generational sin mm-hmm. or abusive situations where temper temper mm-hmm. problems or yeah, anger. um yeah, any kind of uh, a rejection, mm-hmm. rejection of of parents or those in authority can really cause problems on children. Yeah, I've seen a, a lot of people almost wear it as a badge of honor, like like it's a deeper connection to their family line, but that that they have these things, which is kind of backwards. Yeah, because God wants to set them free of that. 
But this this goes back to that if we don't know what belongs to you, you're not going to walk in it. Yeah. You know, you can have a million dollars in the bank, but if you don't know it, you don't know what bank it is. You don't know, you don't know how to access it. It's not doing you a bit of good. Yeah. You know, so it's the same thing. You know, Jesus purchased all these things for you, and we want you to walk in the freedom and in the blessings that Jesus fought so hard to give you. So that's what we're that's what we're talking about. These. So, um, specifically, um, generational curses were mentioned in the Bible uh, many times. When you and it's so funny, you can even see this in the lives of the patriarchs because if you uh, have studied the book of of uh, Genesis, it talks about Abraham. And how he would lie to the kings about his wife yeah. being his sister, which she was technically his half sister, which is weird. But you know, we're not going to go into that. <laughs> that. That was a different time back then. But um, Isaac did the same thing yeah. when he <laughs> with his wife telling someone that he was <laughs> that she was his sister. Yeah, his son Isaac. Yes. Yeah. So this is kind of what we're talking about: these habits that aren't aren't necessarily godly and God inspired, and that they can be passed on. But uh, Jesus came to set us free from those. And uh, I'm going to give you the biblical reference for these. First of all, we're going to start with Jeremiah 31, 29 through 30. It says, uh, and this is a prophecy that Jeremiah is, is speaking about the Messiah and about what he's going to set up on the earth. All right. It says, in those days, they will not again, and not say again, the fathers have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. But everyone will die for his own iniquity. And each man who eats the sour grapes, his teeth will be set on edge. So this was evidently a saying to explain generational curses that um, if the father eats the sour grapes, then their kids taste the bitter. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you've they ever pay, had grapes. The children pay the price. <laughs> yes, basically. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had those grapes, you know, that are really, really sour? Bitter. Yeah. <laughs> or those, I mean, I, there's those, what's that candy that the kids used to always oh, try to get us to warheads. eat? Warheads. Yeah, warheads. Oh, oh mom, so here, bad. want some candy? Yeah. Oh, thanks. Oh, my, oh, my word, your whole mouth is just watering. Your yeah, eyes are my, watering. My mouth's watering now. I know, I'm thinking about it. <laughs> but it's the same thing. That The saying was, well, your kids, eat, you eat the sour grapes, but your kids reap the, the repercussions of it. And that's basically, they were talking about a principle that is on the earth, sowing and reaping. But when Jesus had taken all the other aspects. You know, this was like at the very end of the crucifixion, he had taken care of everything else. He had taken care of um, our separation from God. He had taken care of our depression. He had taken care of chemical addictions. He had taken care of our health. And and uh, I mean, there's just, I mean, there's so much that he had, he had defeated and, and paid for on the cross. And at the very end, he decided to take on, he, he took on the generational curses. And he did that uh, specifically in John 19, 28 through 30. It says, after this, Jesus, knowing that all things had already been accomplished. So he had done everything up to that point that he needed to, to fulfill scripture said, I'm thirsty. Mm-hmm. So he wouldn't, he wouldn't take the dulling effects of the drugs, mm-hmm. but he would take the sour wine. Mm-hmm. It says a jar full of sour wine was standing there. And so they put a sponge full of the sour wine upon a branch of hyssop and brought it up to his mouth. So he wouldn't take the dulling effects. He wasn't complaining that he was thirsty. He was calling forth this yeah. this moment. He was asking so that for he, the generational curses. So that, yes, he was. He after all that he had been through, he he was saying, "Bring me this. Bring me this. I'm not done. Bring I'm me cutting this. it off. Yes, I'm cutting these things off from yes. your life. Yes, right now." Everything else I've taken hey, care of. If you're if you're struggling with with this 
idea of a generational curse. Just know that he saw your face. Yeah. He saw your face and he called forth for this wine to help you. Yeah. So a jar full of sour wine was standing there. So they brought a sponge full of sour wine upon a branch of hyssop and brought it up to his mouth. Therefore, when Jesus had received the sour wine, he took your teeth set on edge. In in himself, he said, it's finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. So not only did Jesus cancel out the curses that come on us because of our own perverted, sinful behavior, he also canceled out any curse that would come to us because of our ancestors as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He truly became a curse for us so that we might receive the blessings of God. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Just like in uh, Galatians 3, 13 through 14 says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. So when you're thinking about those generational curses that have come um, to, to you from the past, think about those on Jesus. He became that curse for you. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree in order that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles, so that we would receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So the promise of the Spirit through faith is free, is freedom. Yeah. It's for freedom that Christ has set us free. And all, all of these points that we're talking about today, is, is it's good to have that, that picture, that word image in your mind, that as Jesus is on the cross, he's taking not, he's not just trying to help us get to heaven, yeah, but he's trying to help us uh, take authority over all that was lost. And these are just mm. some of the things. I mean, they're only talking about three things here. Yeah, there's a ton there's, more. There might be 300 things, maybe 300,000 things. But the point being is we're, we're only highlighting these three things. But it's good to have that image in your mind so that when you next time you see an image of Jesus on the cross or the cross itself, you can you can understand that something like generational curses is nailed to that cross and is paid for, and and is handled. And now you have the power through the Holy Spirit to resist it when it comes, because it will come. It'll come knock on your door. It'll come knock on your door through something, uh, an experience, or or a relationship, or or a word. Some words that somebody says Mm -hmm. to you. And so now you need to know you're walking in that that newness, that, that, that new mindset that you get from what Scripture provides for us, like here in Galatians 3, 13 and 14. And you can know that Jesus took it all. He took the generational mm-hmm. curses from us. Literally, like, took it out of our hands, took it out of our lives, took it yeah. out of our out of our souls. And, and He took it on himself. Yeah, he took it on himself. And that's why he, he that was one of the reasons why he, he perspired blood in the, in, in the garden. And, and this all became a part of his, what they call the finished work. You know, mm-hmm. he said, it is finished. So that means all of it, all the dysfunction that he came to, uh, to solve was done on the cross forever. So as, as, as we contemplate these things, and I want you to keep thinking about these three situations, the generational curses, the alcohol and, and drug addictions, and the um, depression and mental attack that, that we can go through sometimes. As you're thinking about all of these things, realize that the Holy Spirit wrote specifically in the Bible these experiences that Jesus went through for us, for you yes. to be set free. It wasn't written to us. It was written for us. Right. About what Jesus did for us. Mm-hmm. And, and he, he, and he went through those specific things on purpose for you so that you don't have to be defeated. That it does no longer have any power over you. 
Exactly. And you get to receive the blessing that Jesus walks in. So how can someone practically walk in that? Like, so we're, we're, we're talking in, in very high language here of, of all the, the wonderful things that have happened. So how can someone receive this and walk in it in a practical way? Well, I think the most important thing is what you've already done, which is to listen and hear and find out that this is, this is what belongs to you now. Mm-hmm. It's like reading the owner's manual for a car. Or reading the reading the, the manual for some equipment that you have, you know, mm-hmm. to find out how it works, what are all the features and everything. You, you don't just guess, you know, and, and just not use it. But you, you, you read it about it and you, you internalize it and you start believing it and start walking it out because you've heard it. So after you've heard it, then you keep meditating on it and then you start and then you believe it because that's what happens when you hear faith comes. Every time when you hear God's word, faith comes with it. Mm. So you start believing it, and and that's the key to receiving it. When you start believing that you're no longer bound to your past or what your family's habits were, or alcoholism or whatever it is, you know, feelings of rejection, feelings of inadequacy, feelings of fear, you know, that that maybe have been passed down to you, those familiar, those familiar sins and spirits that can come um, through through that avenue when you stop believing that that's who you are and you start believing that who you are in Christ is free of these things and and there's plenty of scriptures to 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 be specific about fear about addiction about all these things the bible's full of your identity and so as you meditate on these things and you start believing those things that's how you receive it and and say that about yourself. Yeah, say it out loud. Say say I'm no. I'm free. Yeah. I'm not afraid. Yes. God didn't give to me a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Amen. I have been made accepted in the beloved. Yes. You know, I'm, I'm Which, I have the mind of Christ. Yeah. First John, where it talks about we're the children of God. Yeah. I, I'm a child of God. I'm not. I'm no longer bound by the curses of this world. Yeah. And Jesus I mean, has set me free. And and all who are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. I'm a son of God. Mm-hmm. I'm led by the Spirit of God. You know, start saying that about yourself. And and as you change what you believe, you will change what you do. Yes. And 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 how you behave. Especially as you change your words. Yeah. It's just it's that's just the way it works. That's it just happens that yeah. way. So we hope that this was really encouraging to you. I know I'm encouraged and reminded that I need to be on the lookout for these these things that the enemy likes to come and mm. and place on on yeah. my mental table and on my emotional table and and I can knock those off with and and replace them with with who he says I am in Christ. And that is just so important. Yeah, and he takes advantage of us when we're busy, when we haven't spent time in the Word, when we're distracted, and starts sneaking those things in. So be sober, be vigilant, like Paul says. Yeah. You know, to be pay attention. But there, there are things that you can do about it, and hopefully, you've learned some of those things today. If you know somebody who's really struggled with some of these things, forward them this podcast. Tell them about it. Tell them to go look us up in their podcast store or uh, go to gods-best.com website and we have an area there where they can find the podcast. We also have lots of blogs and uh, and books and and we have some things you, free things you can download and and uh, we're working on new things all the time and and so you know we we know we know that you can have God's best for your life. And so I'm Greg and this is Sharon and we're just here to help you.